Welcome to Granite State Golfers with Micah. I'm an avid amateur golfer in New Hampshire. This podcast dives into the stories of the top amateur golfers in my home state. We are about to tee off. Please join me. This episode features Lauren Thibodeau, who has won the State Am twice and won the New Hampshire Girls Junior Championship a record seven straight times. She's going into her senior year at the University of Louisville, where she plays for the Cardinals. We start the conversation by talking about some recent medical challenges she has faced and her return to golf. I came away from the conversation with Lauren very inspired, given the adversities she has faced. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Well, hi, Lauren, and welcome to Granite State Golfers, and thank you for coming on the show. Great. Thank you, Mike, for having me. Um, I want to start with a huge national award that you just received, uh, named the Class of 2022 Honda Inspiration Award. And let me just, uh, I I was reading about this, and it's a remarkable achievement uh, to get this award. Let me just say a little bit about it and then turn it over to you to tell a little bit about the story behind it. Um, An Inspiration Award winner has been selected annually for the past 34 years. The Honda Inspiration Award is given to a deserving female student-athlete in Division 1, 2, or 3 who has experienced extraordinary physical and or emotional adversity, injury, and or illness, or experienced extraordinary personal sacrifice during her college enrollment as a student-athlete and yet returns to athletic success. Wow. So, uh, congratulations on the award and tell, tell me about what, what was this adversity that you faced? Yes. So it was kind of a lot of little parts of adversity, but the main one was the end of 2020, obviously in the middle of all the COVID-19 pandemic, I ended up getting really sick. Um, kind of, it just kind of gradually happened and my stomach just didn't start feeling well. And then some of these symptoms just kind of just happened. And when I went home for Thanksgiving, my parents were just like, you're, you know, you're not in a good place. And um, we need to figure out what this, this problem is. And we end up um, going to the ER at the beginning of December of that year. And just, you know, when we got to the ER, we just didn't know what, you know, how long we we're going to be there. Obviously thought it was going to be, you know, maybe a few weeks. Um, but, you know, 55 days later is when we finally got out. Um, but basically, right away, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis, which is a form of inflammatory bowel disease, and um, basically impacting the colon. So um, I'm going to have that for the rest of my life, but I have it, like, under control, kind of with medicine, things like that. When the doctors are just trying to get the inflammation down, they trying all these different treatments, and nothing was working. So I was on the last medicine before they're going to have to actually remove my colon. That medicine, also the doctors really don't have a way to explain this great, um, caused like the storm in my gut to go to my brain. Um, they think there's a lot of different factors. So I went to the state they call medical catatonia. So I didn't really know really what was happening around me. Uh, sometimes there'd be times where I like didn't talk for a whole week. And then other times where I would be, when I would talk, it'd be like three or four words and then I would stop and then it would be like another three or four words where it would be like completely different topics. wouldn't make sense. Um, kind of just like stuck in certain positions. It's just, it's all these weird things. And 
really luckily for me, I don't really remember much of it. I have kind of slight memories of certain times. Um, but a lot of it, my mom went through the whole thing with me and I was there most day, times in the hospital. <clears throat> and yeah, it just was hard for my family in general. Um, but again, they were trying to figure out with all these tests what the best way for treatment, treatment would be. And, um, basically figured out that ECT was the best way, which is like, um, shocking the brain, inducing a seizure, try to like reset it. And it worked great. So that was, wow. that was phenomenal. They kind of was a little bit kind of on the side of like experimental type thing. They've only done it. Um, they'd only done it at Mass General one other time with wow. someone with my symptoms. So yeah, it was, it was definitely crazy. And, um, just so glad that it all kind of worked out. And then it was a long recovery back too, but, um, just, this is great and I think when I first when this kind of all happened you know I really want to obviously spread awareness and like kind of use my platform if I you know had ever gone back able to get back to golf but um I think that was kind of the first step was to obviously get back to golf and then um to already have my story out like so early it's just it's just great like I wouldn't have thought in a year and a half that I've already been on you know, CBS Sports Network is just crazy. Right. Yeah. How soon after that final treatment, how soon after that were you able to get back to playing golf? So the treatment started the last week of January of 2021. And it was, it was a long time just because of like the brain being impacted. Um, I had a lot of the doctors were kind of cautious. And I think a little bit of it was they're not, you know, they're not really like golfers. So they don't really know. Right. Um, that's not like I didn't have a concussion and I'm not playing hockey. Like it's a little bit different. Um, yeah. so the, I was able, I was cleared to have, uh, to do 10 swings a day in March. So that would have been, I guess it would have been like five or six weeks or so after. And then I kind of hit another, um, issue where I started to get a little bit more fatigued and we weren't really sure kind of other little symptoms. It wasn't like something really that big. And, um, I ended up finding out my red blood cell count was four, which should be like 15 or like 14, 15. So that I ended up in the hospital for another couple of days. So that was kind of, it was definitely hard. They really didn't pinpoint what that was really from either. So kind of a combination of a little thick, couple little things. So um, I kind of set back the golf a little bit because I was planning to play a tournament at the beginning of May, um, which would have been like the women's open qualifier, which would have been hard of being 36 holes. So, yeah. I was for the best <laughs> anyway, but, um, yeah, so, but really I was glad when I finished that, when I was leaving the hospital that time, the doc, we're like, how much longer till I can play golf? And they're like, whenever you're ready, like it could be like today. So that was, that was kind of nice to finally kind of get that, like, you know, that I could do whatever, you know, when I wanted, but it still was very much like I go out to the golf course and I just get tired a lot quicker. Um, I feel like I still, it's not as bad as it was then, but I feel like now I'm definitely feel like when I'm going out to practice, it's more quality versus the quantity just to like be kind of cautious of, um, my energy level and all that, not overdo it. Right. Wow. That, well, that's uh, a remarkable (laughs) story. I'm glad it has ended so far with a happy ending and that you've able, you've been able to return, uh, to golf. Uh, let's go, let's wind the clock back. Um, Mm-hmm. Where tell me about where you grew up and how old were you when you started playing golf and who who got you into golf? Yeah, so I started um 
from Hampstead, New Hampshire, and really at a young age, I played a lot of different sports. Um, kind of the first one was ice skied, which I think that's a lot of people in, in New Hampshire in general. Yep. Started when I was like four, did like soccer, a bunch of other sports, and then um, my mom's friend just recommended that I should play golf. So I liked it in like mini golf camp, and so he's like, you know, even though that's totally different, <laughs> um, he's like, you know, you should get her into golf, and like it's good for girls and one of the other reasons was college golf scholarships. And so he was like, well, you have to get her lessons first. So um, I was six years old and I did not want to actually go to the lesson. <laughs> and um, so it was kind of funny. But once I started, I, I just loved it from the first lesson. I kind of had um, a little bit of natural talent, but which was kind of shocking. I think patience was the other thing. Like we weren't really expecting a six-year-old to be wanting to play golf and like keep going. But when I finished, I told my mom, I was like, I want to be, I told my parents, I want to be a golf pro. So it's kind of like wow. right away, just was right already away. hooked. <laughs> and where did you, where was that first lesson? Where'd you take it? It was at Atkinson Country Club. So oh, okay. with Mark Spencer, who's now at, he's now at Wyndham. So he's all of a, <laughs> all of a place. So yeah, yeah. so it's great. Um, and then, so you, you got the bug early and then you started, when did you start playing in junior tournaments? Um, when I was eight years old, actually. So it was pretty young, but there were obviously nine whole events and most of them were actually in uh, Connecticut. So, cause they had like the U.S. kids Connecticut tour. So we have to drive say, a couple hours to play nine holes and then go back. It's kind of <laughs> funny looking at it now, but, um, but yeah, that's, uh, the, cause Mark had some other students that were, um, also playing in tournaments at like that age. So that's why, and it really was good just getting that practice in just kind of um, realizing that like the tournaments, like it's not like a big, I mean, there are tournaments that are obviously a big deal, but kind of just getting used to being in tournament golf kind of from a young age um, to kind of get those nerves kind of more out of the way. Um, but yeah, I was, it was a fun, fun time and I met a lot of people that you know, I'm still competing with now. Yeah. That's kind of crazy too. So you, you do the first one at eight. And then if I have it right mm -hmm. from some of what I was reading about you at age 11, you win the first New Hampshire women's golf association junior championship. And you go on to win that seven years in a row. Is that yes. right? All right. <laughs> yes, so for sure, yeah. let's go back to the one when you were 11, your first one. Yeah. What do you, what do you remember about that? So, um, sorry. <laughs> Remembering, uh, I haven't thought about it in a while. Um, yeah, so I had played that tournament a couple of times, but just from like the shorter tees. I think I believe the first year was when I was nine, and so I kind of seen kind of everything that's like around that, and um, just that it was such a big deal for for New Hampshire. And um, basically, once I signed up for the eleven hole division, then we were playing obviously from the same tees, but I was just in the junior flight versus like the senior. So. Obviously, I think people weren't really looking at me to to win at that at that time. And there was another girl who had, I believe, she won twice, like the last two years before that. She was like 17, I want to say. So she was a lot older. And so, I think she was also part of the first two program too. But basically, I was on like a mission. It just felt like I was going to play well, and like I just had it like in my gut. And I think my parents were kind of almost a little bit worried in a way because they're like. She's gonna get disappointed. Like she's gonna go and get beat by these like older girls. And um, but yeah, it just it just was almost like not like magical, but just 
kind of from the beginning, I just knew it was like my day and I hadn't um, shot around the seventies ever. And then went out and shot 77 and wow. that's all even more of a bigger deal when the par was 73. So like it was less like over par. What was so, the, yeah, what, it was, what course was that at? Uh, Intervale. So, okay. and it was there all the seven years that I played it too. And now they've moved it, which is, you know, so obviously they had their the reasons, but it's kind of hard in the the history part of it because they always had been there before. Yeah. Um, and when you're comparing scores and all that, um, but yeah, it's it was it was just great, and to also have it be there all the all the seven years was was right. really special for me because then you know I was going out and just trying to you know trying to beat the course and like beat myself kind of every time. Um, but yeah, it just was, it was interesting because the other girls had no idea. And so I think they thought they were coming off the green. They thought they won. And I had already like come in and like, we were pretty sure that I had won. Um, I don't know if I won by like two or three shots. It was still like kind of close. And I had had like a double bogey on the back nine too. So it did get kind of interesting. But yeah, I was kind of interested to see like their, their face when they found <laughs> out like, what? Like someone shot 77. So yeah. An, was, an 11 year old shot 77. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, it was um, it was good a good time. And then the funny part with that story is then I went and played another nine holes with um, like our first, for like our first tee program at Miss Beaver Meadow. I want to say it was. So it was like it was twenty seven whole day for me. But um, and then coming home and then just getting all these it was like Eagle Tribune and like Union Leader like all wanted yeah. to talk to me and we we're like what what did I just do like you know so um, oh, and then great. I think once. Once that happened, it kind of was a goal. Like, well, the first one was obviously like, okay, to repeat. And then, but kind of looking on that long term, I was like, no one's won it. Like, I don't think anyone had won it three consecutive years. And then, and then no one had won it like four times. So it kind of was just like adding on, but kind of the long term goal, goal was just, just to win all of them would be really, really yeah. cool and just crazy how that happened. Cause there was a lot of, there's a couple times where it was close. So it wasn't like runaways all the time. Yeah. So well, that's remarkable. And that's a great piece of New Hampshire golf history now that, that <laughs> you've established that I'm sure is going to hold up for a long time. Um, now, moving into your high school years, you go to Pinkerton and you won four consecutive New Hampshire girls state high school championships. Tell me where were those tournaments held and tell me about what those competitions mm -hmm. were like. So yeah, they were um, all at Scottish Highlands, which I think it, that's one that has stayed and it still is like that. Um, so I believe uh, Tara also, I think she mentioned that it was there too. Yeah. Um, and so that's kind of cool because you can, I believe they also etch in like the score on that. I, at least my memory on the trophy, so you can kind of see why the people had shot. And um, but yeah, that that tournament always has just kind of has an interesting kind of vibe to it. Like it's always as of it being in like beginning of October, if I have that right, it's like cold or it's like, you just never know what you're going to get. So like the first year, I think the weather was pretty good and it was me and um, Chelsea Sedler, who we went head to head in a lot of the junior events and she had won the year before. And so um, I believe I only won by like a shot or two, like it was really close on that one. Um, but that was the best weather year. All the other years, it was like maybe 40, but like, was rainy or like windy or all of them yeah so it kind of was definitely different than like if you're compared to like new hampshire junior where it's like almost always like good weather because of it being in june so yeah yeah and um i think the most well there's a couple 
memorable parts. But other than the first year, I probably said the most memorable was my second year because I basically the night before, they might have actually been my junior year, but one of the years, I had just come off, we were playing a hood cross, like a home event. And I just come off shooting at, I want to say it was like 32 or something, like really low. And driver was going great. So I was like pumped for the next day. So one of um, my teammates' moms was driving us home. And it was kind of like a smaller car where we had our clubs in the trunk. So when I get home, I like take out the clubs and my driver got stuck on like the inside of the trunk and snapped like right near the head. Oh, no. And I just. I like lost it. I was like, what? Like my driver. And it's like, this is like, it's like eight o'clock at night. And I tee off at like seven the next morning. So it's not like I can go and like go get a driver somewhere and, right. or anything. So at that point, so I'm like very much like a tinker. And so I had another shaft in my garage that would, that was a little bit stiffer. So I knew it was going to lose like 20 yards, but I was like, it's going to work. Like at least it will be better than no driver, you know? And, um, I going up to the first tee or I'm in, and my high school coach was there and it's like, you know, how's it going or whatever. And I was like, so I you know, broke my driver last night, but it's okay. It's all okay. Or whatever. And he's like, what? Like, what, what, what is up with you? And then I'm like, you know, I just going to be safe. I'm like, cause the second hole there was kind of like out of bounds, like around the left. I'm like, as long as I like keep in the fairway there, we're all good. Like, you know, and I think that one was close that time. I think I almost hooked it out of there, but. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was, it was good just kind of rearranging my plan, especially in the back nine, like there's some gettable holes. And so it's just kind of, it was kind of like being so having to adjust kind of at that last second was just really good, um, practice for me. And I think I just didn't know, um, how it was going to go, but I just was going to go out and just play my best with what I had. And, um, and I, I still pulled it off, and I think that, that's when my coach is like, "Who is this person?" Like, well, that that's a great crazy. story, and it and it speaks to the perseverance and flexibility and grit that clearly you have. Which you mentioned patience earlier uh, is a another good attribute of great golfers. Um, so we get you get to the end of your high school career. You know, let's say your junior senior year, beginning to think about college when you started thinking about college was golf and going to play golf in college at a D one school. Was that the main lens you were looking at as you started your college search process? Yeah, for sure. I really, when I was looking, I kind of was on the fence actually between D one and D two, but it was more like if I was going to D two, it would have been like kind of a higher level D two because I just wasn't sure a lot of the coaches, they look at kind of like that some of the summer. So in that, my case, it was like my junior year summer, like how that was going to go was going to kind of depend, you know, affect like which schools were going to be contacting me or like which ones that will be like, you know, sorry, like this isn't going to work out like that someone else. Um, and so I had really got down and kind of fixed some kind of big things in my swing and had been, it was really like a year and a half I've been doing that. And kind of that summer of 2016, it kind of all just clicked. And um, that just kind of made it um, possible for me to go to to Louisville or, um, yeah, or Division One, kind of higher level. So what, that was what really colleges, great. But... What colleges ended up being on your short list? You ended up at Louisville, but what other ones yeah. were you looking at? Um, the second one was uh, University of Denver. So it would have been a lot different. Um, but um, I'm trying to think what, what other ones. Uh, 
it kind of at the end it really ended up just being those two but um I was looking at a couple in Florida and but mostly and I think Colorado Boulder was another one um but yeah it was mostly kind of in the southeastern part of the United States what um so let's talk about some of your college what what has it been like playing in college what other what other universities is are you regularly playing against uh, at the University of Louisville? Mm-hmm. So college golf is very interesting kind of compared to other um, sports. Like usually you would just play within your conference, but because when we go to a tournament, we're playing against about like 12 to 12, 14 different schools. So it ends up being a lot broader kind of than that, the conference, but okay. we do play against, most of the time we're playing against at least one ACC school. So that would be like Notre Dame, Florida State, Clemson, um, Virginia. Like we play against them a lot. And then we'll still play against tournaments like we're playing against Kentucky, which obviously is our big rival. Um, and I think of other ones, but they, yeah, kind of, again, it's mostly like the Southeastern part of the United States um, yep. and like SEC conference. But I mean, we play against tournaments and, like with people in all the, the different conferences and there's a couple from the West coast that come over, but, um, but yeah, it's kind of a little bit more rare um, unless we, if we will have a tournament this next year in Arizona. So that'll be probably some more West coast teams. So yep. any, um, any tournament uh, of your college career that sticks out that you want to share? Yes, I would say, well, there's obviously a lot of just so many memories and so many tournaments I've been, you know, really grateful to get to play them, but um, I'd probably say this last fall um, at Medina, and it was number one, not number number three is where they had the Ryder Cup, so it wasn't on that one, but you could see it, so it was pretty cool, and Clubhouse yeah. was great, but basically we had just come off playing in Arkansas, which at the Blessings, which is a beast of a golf course, so we kind of were not only disappointed, but I remember talking with my teammate about it, she was just very disappointed, and I was like, listen, like, we just played one of the hardest golf courses, like, ever, really, like, not even just, like, in college golf, like, it just was very unfair, kind of, in a way, um, that's just how it is, so it's, and I was, like, you know, I feel like we have some good vibes, like, coming in, like, we're playing well, it's just, we just need to have the numbers, and this course, she had told me, was, like, kind of easier to score on, so, and it very, it looked, reminded me a lot of New England golf, like, there was, you know, some trees, but it was just, like, kind of rough and fairway, and, like, some fairy bunkers, so we went out and um, the first round for me, I didn't, I wasn't playing well, but like I was hitting the ball well, just the putts weren't going in. And I was just being very frustrated. And actually our assistant coaches started ranting them. And I'm like, why are these putts not falling? Like the whole season, they just haven't, haven't gone in. And like, I feel like I've worked so hard and he's like, just be patient. You know, like you're not out of it, even though I was like two over. And so and then all of a sudden, like, they all just started dropping. Because um, we had a 36-hole day that day. So, it was, again, the patience is the big part. And that, that day, yeah. I was at one point, I was not very patient. Um, and so they just started, I mean, it was insane. Like, one hole, just, like, in the ferry bunker, and it was par five. And it was, like, lay up, couldn't get that far. And then, like, hit it way the other side of the green and where the pin was. And I drained the pot. And I was like, okay, well, we can work with that. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, and so, ended up. I don't know where I was at after that day, but I was a couple under par for that round. And then we had to stop because of rain. So then we had to go the next day and play like 26 holes. So I think I didn't really know where I stood at that point either. 
And so I just kind of went out again and just kept burying. And I ended up, the last two rounds, I ended up shooting 68 and 68, which was the lowest actually out of anyone in the tournament. And there were about like 90 people there. So it was wow. a lot. And I ended up tying for third, which I'd had like one other top 10 before. Um, but it was like a tied for 10th. So it's like, you know, barely a top 10. And then it's getting a tied for third. And I tied with um, Ingrid Lindblad, which anyone who might have heard of her saying she yep. was in the lead at the U.S. Women's Open. And she's like second right. ranked in the world. So that was pretty crazy. And we, one of my teammates, other teammates got second, even by a shot. And I'm still like, oh, like what's the last <laughs> time in the heart? So like, oh, that would in. Um, and we ended up winning actually the tournament as a team. So that was just really great. And because we were playing, we tied Georgia and we won like the scorecard playoff. So like Georgia was there, LSU, Illinois hosted, um, like Notre Dame, Maryland, like there were a ton of like really good teams there, yeah. like Purdue, which, so it was, uh, since I've been on the team, that probably was our biggest team win that like we kind of, we came from, I don't know what our coach ended up saying. We came from a lot of shots back and like, yeah, really just like dug deep and, you know, considering that it was like a rainy tournament and stuff, but, um, that's impressive. That really 68, 68. Yeah. That's great. That so was, it was just really great. And just kind of going toward um, my goal is hopefully this season to get to an individual tournament would be, would be great. But that yeah. was uh, kind of gave me a lot of confidence to go that. In Let's that go back to so. some of your New Hampshire wins. Uh, so mm -hmm. you've won two of the New Hampshire women's state AMs in 2019 in 2021. Uh, let's talk about the one in 2019. Uh, where was that held that year? And tell me about what it was like uh, coming down the stretch. Yeah, it was at uh, Breakfast Hill. And um, that one was um, was a big one for me because I had come, just come off like my freshman year. And then um, I just actually got diagnosed with celiac disease after that. So it kind of was a very much a learning process in the summer of kind of getting used to my diet and like all of that. So um it just was great to kind of get back to like the winner's circle again, like winning the stadium. I had always really, really wanted to do that and just wasn't sure, you know, if my schedule was going to allow because a lot of the times I'd have like junior tournaments that week, first week of August. But yeah, so Breakfast Hill, it was very, it played very short, but also like it's very tight. So yeah. kind of my game plan going in was like, I wasn't hitting very many drivers. I mean, I don't even know if I hit like three or four, like I can't remember from now, but it was something like that. It was a lot of irons and like hybrids off the tees. And, um, but yes, it was not, it was not easy at all. I think I want to say Chelsea was the closest to me at that, that year. Um, but yeah, it just was, it was good practice of just like sleeping on the lead because I was like New Hampshire juniors just one round. So Obviously, having those like wins under my belt like helped, but it's just is different when you're having to kind of go out and then, um, and then just try to extend the lead. And that's kind of what you're what you're focusing yep. on. Um, but yeah, it was it was really special for me. Where was uh Where was it held in 2021 last year? When you won it? It was at uh, Laconia Country Club. So that was okay. that was really great. And I feel like, I mean, for me, I feel like this this last year was kind of the biggest one because of coming off like my illness. And yeah. I really, I knew I was playing well, but I just hadn't been able to play in like too many tournaments. And um, the, I really wanted kind of some good like momentum kind of heading into like my fall season. 
and um and that's it that's kind of exactly what i got so yeah it was um it was really great and i actually was looking back on some text the other day and my high school coach had texted me about that one of the tournaments one of the holes the second hole and he's like tell me about the second hole you went eagle bogey birdie or something like i had gone like something <laughs> crazy and it was because it's like it was a par five but it, there was kind of like a tree in the way and so I think the first round I like kind of pushed it and I was like almost I might have even been in like a river like I was kind of had this like weird lie I had to go like over the tree and I hit like a nine iron to like four feet from there like I hit this like little fade and I was like okay and I think the next day I was like that was kind of stupid like you know hitting the driver and like expecting it to be perfect with all these trees it was kind of like an S kind of curve hole so I hit like I think a three or five wood and I think I like hooked it or something. Like I hit a tree and it like, and so that's how I ended up making a bogey because it just like, it was like way off. And then I was like in the trees. So it was kind of funny. I was like, oh, see, I play it safe and then I get in trouble. So, you know, we're just trying to, you know, learn from, <laughs> from yeah. that stuff. But, yeah. um, I was able to that course because it being a little bit more open than Brooks Hill, I kind of was able to take a lot more advantage of my length off the tee. And, um, so that's how I ended up getting a lot of birdies and like, eagles and stuff that week i know one hole i think it was like down the hill and there was a tree also to get over and there was a pond too and it was right near the clubhouse and like the road there and um i don't think my plan was to go for it but i just got up there that first round and i was just like i was feeling obviously i don't know how many under i was at that point and i just like i'm just going for it and i hit on i hit it on the green i think it actually might have just trickled over into the fringe but it was like I was just like, you know, that just kind of was how my, my day was that first day. Yeah. Like, well, like everything was just going, going right. And, um, I think it was hard because I had built up such, like I had played so well the first round, um, kind of to go back to the second round and play again, even though it was like, it was different tees. So it's a little bit further back, but like, you know, I think you just have that like expectation. So I did say that that second round was hard and, I believe, I don't know how much. I know Tara definitely didn't hit the second round because I think I, had, I didn't have much more of a lead. So I knew I had to go out and like play well. We were, we were just going back and forth a lot of the round and um, ended up pulling out the win by I think only a few shots. So yeah. it was, you know, it's always Exciting. fun. So um, a couple more questions here. Um, one thing I've been asking folks on the podcast is how you approach your game from a time perspective, meaning if you've got, a couple hours uh, available on a day do are you more apt to go practice a particular part of your game or do you want to go out and play nine holes or 18 holes i think it's like a, a combination so i've really learned kind of to be more flexible i think in your in practicing now like since i've got to college because i have had times where it's like i have two hours before it gets dark or like an hour before it gets dark and I'm going to have to, like, I only have a couple options because I feel like personally, sometimes if I have, like, too many options, I am, like, I don't end up doing anything. And, like, just, like, you know, committing to, like, whatever you do and, like, knowing that both options are probably fine. Like, but um, probably one of my favorite things probably to do is we have a course, like, that's about seven minutes away from um, uh, our university, like, our campus at Louisville. And, like, just going there and a lot of times in the afternoons, late afternoons, it's not busy. Yep. And just going out and um, just playing and like just getting a cart so you can kind of go around quicker. And that's definitely helped in like kind of putting the ball in places where you need to work on. So like some days it might be, okay, I want to hit like certain drives, like on these holes, you know, and just like 
maybe like narrowing the fairway or, hey, I want to hit like, you know, greens or, you know, like certain, you can kind of like, yeah, do work on like certain parts of your game, but you can kind of go out on the course and do that. I kind of find that better than just like working on the range on those sorts of things. Yeah. Um, and then really, if I'm there with another teammate or even by myself, like just making a game out of it, like, okay, like you get a point if you hit it like this close to the hole, you know, like inside a certain distance or you make it up and down. And so like kind of getting some competitiveness kind of along with it. Yep. And like we do a lot of updates, like match play stuff too. But um, yeah, or even we can get um, one of our games we did the other day was like, you have to hit into a bunker or something and then go up. And then um, so I kind of got a little funky when you'd be like five feet from the bunker and you had to like chip it in the bunker and then <laughs> hit out. But um, yeah, just kind of being creative because I think a lot of those shots, like you might not think you're really going to need them, but um, you just never know when they're when they're going to come up. Yeah, right. I like that. Um, let's talk about what's in your bag. Uh, take me through starting at your driver down through your bag. What are you currently hitting? Yeah, so in, I'm just going to I can do brands too if you want. Yeah, yeah, that'd be so great. So it's like, so I have the Callaway Epic, um, Epic Flash. Sorry, <laughs> my woods are a little bit different than my driver right now. Um, I've had that for like three years now. I actually got fit for it right before one of our college tournaments and then went out and shot 67. So I was like, I think we'll keep the driver, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, that was definitely apprehensive changing my driver before, but I think, you know, having done that, the high school tournament <laughs> the day of, I think I was like, yeah. okay, well, uh, it's not a big deal. And then my fairway woods and my hybrids, I just got in, um, January and they're, um, either like they're also Callaway or Epic Speed. And I think one's just, Epic Rogue. I'm forgetting the name of the brand right now, but it's um, three wood, five wood, which I haven't had a three wood in a long time, but I do really like it. And actually this last week when I was using at the USAM qualifier, I was like out driving some of the people in my group with the three wood. And I was like, kind of felt a little bad. Like, oops, (laughs) like, like this is why maybe you shouldn't be, I don't really need to hit my driver, I guess, if I'm smoking three wood. Right. Um, And then my hybrids, it goes four hybrid, five hybrid. And then um, I just have six iron through um, pitching wedge, and those are all tailor made um, P790s. So those are those are really good. I really like those those clubs yeah. a lot. And then I just have Voki wedges, which are 50, um, 50 degree, 54, and 58. I want to say, yeah. I don't know if we mess with those lofts much, but it's going to be within a degree, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What about your putter? Oh, yes. And the putter, that's the most important part. Um, it's an Odyssey. I'm thinking the specific name, but it kind of looks like the tailor-made spider kind of look, but yep. it's like black. And it's actually arm lock. So it's like a little bit longer. Okay. And um, I've fiddled around with a lot of different put- putters, but I really like this one a lot. So Yeah, good. And what do you play for a ball? Um, the Pro V1. So, yeah. And how do you how do you mark your ball? Yeah, so I just put I'm I'm pretty simple right now. I just put like a red dot kind of on the top right of like the Titleist part. And we have like now with school like we have uh Cardinals like on logoed on okay. the golf ball. So that's kind of the kind of mark that I already have on there. But yeah, and then if I'm hitting like with the same sleeve I'll just put like two, like if I'm hitting like provisional or something. So I'm like kind of differentiate between the different golf balls for identification purposes. So um, rather than changing like the number. So, yeah. This next section I call gimme. So these are straight, you know, easy questions. What's your favorite course in New Hampshire? 
So I'd probably say Wyndham Country Club. I really actually haven't been able to play too many like the nice nice courses presently. I've been like once we had tournaments, but I grew up on that one, so plus that's my favorite. Okay. Uh what's your current favorite club in your bag? Probably my eight iron, I'd say. My favorite. What do you like about your eight iron? <laughs> I don't know, I just I feel like when I'm like warming up I just always hit that and so it's kind of has a nice has a nice little wear mark in it. So I think I really, <laughs> I really like that. I'm like, okay, I think I'm going to hit this in the center, you know? <laughs> right. Uh, this question is multiple choice. If you have the choice between a, just a crushed driver or a flushed iron shot or making a long putt, which of those three are you going to take? Definitely the long putt, I'd say. But I mean, the yeah. feeling, I feel like, of the iron shot would probably be maybe a little better, but uh, the long putt always just doesn't matter what you've done before that i think <laughs> right <laughs> idea <laughs> favorite pga and or lpga player or players couple players that you really like right now Ooh, probably my favorite kind of from the beginning has just been lexi thompson because just i was just starting kind of with golf and i remember seeing her actually at the curtis cup it was in massachusetts that year in 2010 i want to say it was around there and so that was actually met it before that, but it was pretty cool. And she just turned pro right after that. And just kind of seeing her kind of come up and, you know, just really wanted to win another major here. Yeah. Close call. Let's have a yeah, it was close. And then other than that, I'm just going to blank on all the other people. Um, Well, my teammate actually just turned pro and she's on, she has her LPGA tour card now. So I'd probably have to say Lauren Hartledge probably is my second. <laughs> um. But cool. uh, yeah, so it's pretty cool to have someone out there and yeah. talk to her all the time about it. Um, That's great. Nice. Um, is there a course on your bucket list that you really want to play? I've gotten to play some pretty cool bucket list courses already. Um, I bet. But I probably have to say uh, Augusta National is probably my top one, and really yeah. um, hoping to get into the into the amateur this next year. But I'm going to have to play pretty good in the the rest of the year. But we'll see. Um, yeah, so let's talk about that. So you're, you've got one more year, right? You're going to be a senior at the university of Louisville. And then what are you, what are your golf goals and dreams? You know, once you get out of college. Yeah. So I'm, um, really want to turn pro after that, um, or kind of in the following months after that, I haven't really figured out that out exactly yet. Um, and kind of just, you know, at least try to, you know, try to go on the, on the tour would be great. Um, and then if not, I really want to be, um, still kind of in golf in some way, but, um, cause I'm an econ major and a math minor, I'd like to do sports statistics and LPJ is just starting that, yep. um, program. So kind of being part of that would be pretty cool, but, um, going to have to probably work my way up either through the PGA tour obviously has pretty set, um, stats program and, Obviously, like baseball does too. So either staying in sports somehow um, will be pretty cool, and just obviously knowing, you know, having connections maybe already on the tour would would help a lot. Yeah, kind of being that's great. That still, that's great. Well, my last question, I say for the end, um, golf has obviously been an enormous part of your life uh, with the tremendous success and challenges. Um, why do you love the game of golf so much? Oof. It's a tough one, um, but I'd probably say, like, it's just very, it's challenging, but it's, it's just like a puzzle. Like, I just love 
trying to figure out like how to how to better yourself and that like you're never going to get I mean there's obviously like a level that you want to get to but you can always strive to kind of be better and I kind of like that part of it that it's always kind of dynamic and you just keep keep going and um and just I feel like it's just helps a lot with like you see a lot of things in life it teaches you a lot of lessons that you don't really get from other sports I feel like um and I think it's just it's brought me to some pretty cool places and I've got to meet some pretty cool people kind of through it. So it's, yeah, that's great. Cool for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you, Lauren. I really enjoyed this. It was great talking with you and I appreciate you coming on the show and I best wishes for a successful golf year coming ahead. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Granite State Golfers is produced by Dew Sweeper Productions. If you like the show, please share it with your friends and leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Until next time, tee it up, have fun, and go low.